Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. Congratulations to back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. Corey, don't say anything. As promised, Corey Forrester, everybody, two-time champion. How does it feel to have won two national champions? Uh, I mean, I tell you, I, I had this feeling last year when we won, because last year was it was the culmination of a lifetime of being a dogs fan, you know, getting close with Mark Rick, then Kirby Smart comes in and we're promised, you know, the holy land. And I didn't know if we were going to be able to get it done. I, you know, you go through the the whole year thinking Alabama's there's no way we can beat them. And so after last year's, I, I sort of knew I was like, I don't think if we win another one, that's great, but I don't think it'll mean as much to me. And that proved true last night. Sure. I wasn't, it wasn't the like storybook thing, but as me and you were talking about off mic, now that you get into the the reigning or you're, you're a two-time national champion, you start thinking about other things. And what really made me excited about last night's game was not just that we had repeated, but that Stetson was really like cementing yeah. his legacy. And so it was cool. Now that I get older, I'm I'm a way different towards the college kids, you know, like used to, I would be like, oh, screw them. If, but now like even, even players that are not on my team, I'm like, I just want you to succeed, pal. You're living <laughs> your dream. So when I see it, it's really cool. Um, so we got a lot of fun stuff we'll talk we'll talk about here, of course, as the Georgia Bulldogs put together what is our I mean, literally the most dominant championship performance in the history of modern college football, which kind of starts in 1998 with the BCS. Um, so we'll talk a lot of stuff, have some fun today, and, and sort of co- this will be a coronation, much like Monday night was for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, but first, Corey. Uh, of course, check him out, put him on airs. You got all kinds of stuff, the well-read comedy tour, you got all kinds of great stuff. We'll let you promote all that stuff coming up. But if you wouldn't mind, Fringe Element is brought to you by, do you have a guess? Uh, J.E. Dunn? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh, the my. Great, the most wonderful people to work for in the world, I believe. That's what I've been told. Many people yeah. are saying. Most yeah, people are saying. It's great. It's a construction company, which is near and dear to my heart, as I, I did a little bit of construction before uh, finally too many foremen were like, you can't. No, you can't do this. You're not good at it. But uh, but I feel like if I was working there, maybe I'd have done better because it seems like a great place. I feel well, like if I heard your if I was getting contracting done or construction and I heard your voice over the phone, Corey, I would trust you to do it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I can carry boards pretty good. I can tell you that. You're a good talker. You Big think? board guy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm a good talker. Um, I, I will say though that the beauty of J.E. Dunn is that just because you may not be great on the site specifically, um, there are many roles to which your skill set would fit perfectly. Like you could just slide right over into marketing and social media management, and you could just you can make J.E. Dunn the most entertaining construction company in the history of the world. And you know, there's a lot of job opportunities at the top 100 healthiest place to work in the United States. Five billion in annual revenue, so you don't have to worry about your paycheck. And they care about your job as much as you care about your job, which is pretty much a lost art in this country. So when you run a construction company and you're in the top 100 healthiest places to work, I feel like there should be like a reverse asterisk by your name. Like that should count even more. You <laughs> know what really I'm saying? That's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if you if you run an oil refinery company and you're still a top 100 healthiest place to work, yeah. double asterisk. I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that's uh, odds are stacked against you. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, go to Jay Dunn. So we kind of touched on this already, but I just wanted to, I guess I need to reiterate this. 
can you try to just explain the differences? Like, obviously, is, is it more fun, like having your heart in your stomach for the entire game against an arch rival, Alabama, and having to win it in the fourth quarter like that after 40 years in the desert? Or is it more fun to sit back, have a beer game where you just put your heels up and sort of start thinking about history? And we've kind of already alluded to this, but I'm just curious emotionally what those two experiences were like. Well, it's like a delay in gratification wise against Alabama that was more ultimately satisfying. Like the release after all that tension was ultimately more satisfying. But no, I was a nervous wreck during the game. Like I, I my my buddies know this about me. I want every, my the, my perfect Georgia game is the game that I can stop paying attention at halftime. That's my favorite. You I said love that, that last year. You're like, Did I, I really? Just, <laughs> yeah, you said I'd rather get blown out at the beginning if we're not going to win it, or yeah. I'd rather be up by a million. Yeah. yeah. Now, if it's a team that I don't have any stakes in, or I don't have a, a you know pun intended dog in the fight, I love a close one, obviously. But like, dude, against Ohio State, I was miserable. The whole time, I mean, like, not, like, I don't, okay, used to, like, me and my buddies used to get way crazier about Georgia football. Like, my buddy used to, would like, he literally broke his foot twice kicking a keg when we lost, and we don't do that anymore. What? But I, but I still can't, I still can't help get the knots in my stomach. So, you know, last night, once I realized, like, and it was pretty early on that I realized, okay, this this is going to be something else. It was it was fun just to sit there and go. All right, keep go for it on fourth and five. Hell yeah, right on. That's what's <laughs> up. I don't care if we're up by forty five points. No, that I, I think that as far as in a whole game experience, that was more fun. You mean Alabama? No, 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 no. No, no. no it's more fun for me to watch to be us up just like dominate. This. Yeah, the, yeah. The again, the, yeah. the Alabama is it was inarguably more emotional, but like. I don't really like negative emotions and my stuff, my belly hurt. And I didn't like that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm also losing my voice because of last night. So <clears throat> was there, was there, so there was, um, okay, then here, hang on. I'll, I'll throw out some numbers here just because we need to actually talk about the game in some way, shape or form and not just Corey's emotions here. Uh, and his, and his belly and his tum tum during the game. We don't, we don't want to do that. Um, it is Georgia becomes don't say the- tum tum again. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I've got, I've got two daughters. I've got two daughters. My language, much like Corey has evolved and matured as a fan, that's happened to me as well. But when you have kids, the way you talk about things just sort of... Please don't pretend like I'm the least mature person on this show. (laughs) Um, That's actually a really... That'd be a really interesting debate. I do feel like the vote would be split 33.3% all three ways. Okay, Um, She has... This is early in the morning and she's got her hair fixed and her makeup done. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that. She's more mature than me. Okay, fair enough. Um, Georgia (laughs) becomes the fourth SEC team... Uh, to win multiple national championships, fourth different SEC team to win multiple national championships uh, since the BCS era in 1998. For all of you people who think there's some sort of SEC bias out there, um, the, there's only three other teams in all of college football that have multiple national championships during that span. Two of them are in the SEC footprint, Florida State and Clemson. The only one outside of the SEC footprint that has won multiple national championships is Ohio State, which means Georgia has more na- as many national titles as the entire Big Ten as the entire Pac-12, and as the entire Big 12 as well. So if you need some, I don't know if SEC fans need ammunition we don't. On, the, on this debate, but like yeah. I, I, I'm kind of tired, and we've talked all year about this. I know that fans outside of the, the South are tired of hearing the SEC <clears throat> thing. I get that. But at the end of the day, there also is a reality to the situation, which is yeah. that like since 98, all but four national titles have happened 
in the southern footprint. There's a reason that's the case. Yeah, and also like I mean, every year, even the ones that don't win it, the SEC is littered in the top ten. I mean, it usually represents like I don't know sixty six point eight. That's just a number I'm making up. But like you know, <laughs> if you see the top ten, it's like there's there's gonna be at least five or six SEC schools in there. It's crazy. I think that this, you know, there's still something to be said if you're not an SEC fan. Yes, the the distribution of talent is very evident, especially after what we saw went down, go down last night. Um, but just the idea that your team can get there, you would think potentially maybe would help with kind of leveling out of talent at some point because you don't have to go to a certain cluster of schools, TCU being a great example. Um, it's not just certain teams anymore. Like there's a, the playoff spreads it out a little bit, but the dominance here was just, I mean, you can't even, you can't even argue it. I will say, here's a good, here's a good fun fact for you. And then Braden, you can do your next jumping off point. Max Duggan and Brock Bowers had the exact same amount of yards at 152. Brock Bowers, obviously, as y'all know, being Georgia's tight end, Max Duggan being the quarterback for TCU. And Brock Bowers didn't step on the field in the second half. So in addition to the score. Is that true? He didn't wow. play in the, he didn't play a single snap? I don't think he did. I think he got Seriously? pulled. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll fact <laughs> oh check it. But they had the exact same amount of yards. I did not notice let that. Me check when he got, <laughs> let me check when he got pulled. But y'all keep going. Well, Corey, what's nuts, and and we'll, I want to get to to Stetson Bennett. I'm, I'm what I'm trying to do here is we're both we're all filibustering because I want to get to the rushing yards, Max okay. Duggan versus Brock Bowers. That's what I'm okay. trying to get. That's what I'm trying to get to here, uh, because Bowers had a couple carries in the first half. He was just the unmost like he was just the, he had 15 yards rushing. Max Duggan had negative 38. So here we go. Brock Bowers. <laughs> Brock Bowers had the tight end for Georgia had almost 50 more rushing yards than the TCU quarterback. That is absolutely bananas man like you know I, i'm so glad i'm on here because i actually hadn't taken a look at really any of the stats but all, all i all i saw was well was it 65 to 7 was that the score yeah i did yeah like, i didn't even watch any of the post game stuff or anything i was with my sister and that's when i chose to go back up and start dunking uh pigs in a blanket into the rotel dip you know <laughs> Yeah, you, pay, you paying for that one this morning? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm paying for a lot of stuff this morning for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I assumed that it was also a pretty statistical shellacking on the ground as well. Um, so I don't know what how you compare the two teams because, like you said, we've now reached a point with this Georgia team where they're the, they're clearly the best program in the country, and 29 and one over two years has never been done before in the history of the sport. So that that's it's arguably the best two year run. Ever, I, it's hard to argue that last year's team wasn't better than this year's team, but they had the loss last year. And here's it: there's a misconception about this Georgia team that says that it was not nearly as dominant. And while they were not as good, a, in in my opinion, as last year's team, they beat seven ranked opponents by an average of forty-seven to seventeen. I don't think Jeez. people realize how good. Like I, I still don't understand why people think this Georgia team isn't head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I don't know. No, I'm with you. And I mean, the only thing that worried me between last year and this year is I thought that our defense had taken a little bit of a hit. And then, you know, I watched the Ohio State game and that was sort of like confirmed to me a little bit. But then, you know, a couple of weeks later, here we shut down the, you know, I guess if if you go by how playoffs and stuff work, the second best team in the country. But for me, I'm going, was I wrong about Georgia's defense or 
is was everyone else just wrong about TCU? Like how completely yeah. undermatched were they? But then at the same time, I was I remember the whole time being like, I hope TCU can squeak by because I don't want to play Michigan. Then they beat Michigan. So it's like, is Michigan bad too? Like, I know that <laughs> we're all, uh, everybody's allowed to have a bad week. But uh, I mean, like you said, dude, the stats, they speak for themselves. We dominated in the game where it's supposed to be the two best teams in the country. So if you don't think we are, I don't know what to tell you. Yep. I would say that, Braden, you and I had hoped for a close game. We did not know if that would happen or not, um, but we both grossly underestimated, <laughs> as did probably most people in the entire country, what the final score of this game would be. Yeah, I said we're, we were off. I said 38 to 10 at the end of the pod last week, and that was the first half score. Yeah, I mean, the the line was 13 and a half, TCU getting 13 and a half points. And I think 80% of people on like FanDuel and BetMGM and stuff took the frogs. So, yeah. Until until all the wise guy money came in on Georgia and, and right. on day, all the wise guys waited until the line hit the bottom. Right. And then, and then the hard real money came in about you know, about three o'clock. Yeah, right. <laughs> on Monday, the line shot up to about 13 and a half. And of course, if you had Georgia minus 58 and a half, um, or minus 57 and a half, you, you would have, you still yeah. would have won. They covered they the over by themselves. <laughs> yes, they did. It was 60, <laughs> it was 63 and they hit the over by themselves. Yeah. Um, when you, so Stetson Bennett, of course, let's talk, touch on him. Cause you mentioned that was sort of what the, the story is. And as a, I want your perspective on this. Cause I, I, I've kind of tracked the Bennett story from, from an outsider's perspective, looking at, I think Kirby did him some disservice last year mm -hmm. going into some of the playoff stuff like, oh, he, he wasn't great in the SEC championship game doing uh, again. Todd Munkin came out and just said, no, he gives us the best chance to win. And right. and I wanted to be like, well, why Kirby? Why didn't you just say that <laughs> just, <Right. laughs> and shut all this down? But th these are his numbers in four playoff games. Um, 60, 69 percent passer, 309 yards per game, 10.6 yards per attempt. 15 total touchdowns, one interception in four playoff games. He played a perfect football game and has done so almost every one of these championship settings. If you include the LSU game this year in the title game, like I, I know that he's got this crazy story and we're going to roll our eyes at it because you've heard it a million times. But like when you think of Georgia football, where is he in your mind relative to like Herschel, basically? I mean, Dude, for me personally, I mean, you know, Herschel was a little bit before my time. Uh, obviously, I grew up hearing all the stories and, uh, you know, I've, I've I used to have uh, tape cassettes of Larry Munson just calling things. So it's not like the Herschel legend hasn't been beaten into my brain a lot. <laughs> it's, but, you know, obviously, as a person, you go with like, well, what did I see? What did I grow up with? And for years, uh, Matthew Stafford has been like my favorite dog, you know, like. And he still probably is because that was like my, me and him are the same age. I think that matters a lot, you know, and that's who I associated with Georgia football. The dog, it's it's Matthew Stafford. It's no Sean Marino. I even think back to David Green and David Pollock and all these guys. But I mean, it's it's going to be hard to top the guy who finally gave us a national championship and then who did it back to back and then who did it with all those numbers with like half the country laughing at him for no laughing at him for no other reason that he's a little bit older and he's great. And also everybody making the jokes and they were funny. Like, like, <laughs> I don't know if you saw all of them on Twitter, but, uh, one of them was like a great, 
great handoff there by Stetson Bennett. And speaking of handing off, he'll hand you the keys to a brand new Kia at Stetson Bennett of Norcross. <laughs> Basically, hilarious. It, it is hilarious, but insinuating that like, look, we all know that he's going to be one of those guys that go da goes down as a Hall of Fame college guy, but it's not really going to translate to the NFL. However, I mean, for the love of God, look at the numbers. And then the thing that he's got the most is I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but him and Tom Brady have this one thing in common, which is the thing that's so great about them, you can't really quantify. It's called just being there in the big moment and not being uh, 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 distracted by anything and and on and arguably getting better when he needed to be good. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, he's the guy. I mean, what are you gonna, what are you going to say? Statue? You good with a statue? Oh, you have to, dude. <laughs> He's one back to back. He's the and he himself is like this underdog story. And and all I'm tired of the as someone who lived through Winky, I'm tired of the 25-year-old jokes. Cause I remember like nobody like everybody's saying now, like, oh, Stetson, he actually has an advantage. Because he's so much older than everybody. <laughs> when Winky was doing it at Florida State, they had like they had like cartoons with him on a walker out there. Like, I can't believe this geezer is able to pull it off. So the only reason the narrative changed is because you hate us, because you ain't us. Suck it. <laughs> there's, our, a, there's our social promotion clip. <laughs> on a less aggressive note, no, I, I think that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things that Stetson Bennett was able to do, you know, over the course of his career at Georgia that just no one really thought was possible, unfathomable stuff. And I think this next, to me, that next stage, and maybe this is a storyteller in me, besides all of the physical records he's broken and the back-to-back -back national championships and all of that is it will now be, we brought up Herschel Walker and that being, you know, someone that kids when they were younger, who, especially kids who lived in Georgia, looked up to, it will, it will now be Stetson Bennett, which is a mm -hmm. whole different level of, legacy whereas these kids coming up georgia fans or not just the kind of the underdog mentality will look to stetson bennett which that's just that's one more just rung on the ladder but only only to like 12 because once you're 13 you're looking technically down at him so like that's <laughs> is that too soon for stetson bennett height joke no i love no, it i just wasn't that funny <laughs> oh man who's playing him in the movie by the way i got <sighs> timothy chalamet oh that's not bad i don't know who that is what? Uh, Dune. He was. I in don't Dune. know any actors. Isn't isn't he super super weird? Or are they all super super? Well, weird? they're all super weird. The reason that he's been like a lot more popular lately is he was in that. I think he was in that like. Well, no, he was in that Oscar movie where it's like he he was a seventeen year old boy in love with a grown man or something. But I think he was also in that Harry Styles movie that got a lot of feedback from being a toxic work environment. But. Chalamet's a very, a very a popular gentleman. He plays Bob Dylan in an upcoming movie. Oh, he, no, he is. He's very talented. I just yeah. I hear. I think my wife tells me stories about how weird he is or something. Oh, like I guarantee that. it, dude. I guarantee yeah. it. You're, you're what about the Lord of the Rings guy? Oh, uh, oh Frodo Baggins? Yeah. <laughs> I can only think of one person with dark curly hair right now. It's <laughs> terrible. That would be wonderful because that would mean two people in the Lord of the Rings trilogy would have played famous underdog football players. Who? Who's the other one? Rudy? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh my god. That's, that's a lot of people list. saying that like there's no there if you think Stetson Bennett shouldn't get a movie, then how can you say that Rudy was good of a movie? Cuz like Rudy did really wasn't shit. 
You know what I mean? Sorry for cursing. No, but, no you can say anything you want. I'm just saying, like, if there's going to be a whole movie based on Rudy, Stetson Bennett actually won the chip twice. Come on. Yeah, yeah no, we're, we're, we're with you here. Rudy is a documentary as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> but I think this, I, there's no question there's like a, a, a Disney movie coming about Stetson Bennett. For like, sure. There's, there's no question about that. The, if the producers aren't working on it already, uh, somebody needs to. There's no question. Um, I, I don't know. I think we interrupted Aaron's question. Was there? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Actually, answer Aaron's question. Typical that, man. That, that Did was... I have a question? <laughs> um. So Kirby Smart is here's the other thing. Nick Saban won his second national title at 57 years old. Mm-hmm. Um. Kirby Smart is 47 years old. Yeah. And at his alma mater, and I I don't really have a question here other than I hope everyone else understands. Like Nick Saban is 71. Yeah, you give Kirby twenty four more years. <laughs> like you get, holy shit, that Georgia. is crazy. Yeah, I know, and especially since like you know everybody knows historically Georgia and like the 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 state of Georgia has one of the best high school football dynasties that there is, and it's so much. It's always been easier for Georgia to recruit those players to play for the dogs, and that was back before Kirby Smart was there, and we were winning national championships. So with, you know, as Aaron was saying earlier, you'd think that like, well, because of the way the playoffs are, the talent would sort of get spread more out. But like it for a long time, the best football players, if they're in Georgia, at least are going to want to go to Georgia. The only reason they wouldn't is like, well, I can't start next year. I'll go here. But then there's also <laughs> the, the the transfer portal like that's changing everything, too. So one of those kids could be like, I can't start for Georgia next year, but I'll go to Alcorn State and go dominate and then come back. So I, I just I, I mean, the I'm, I'm usually a pessimist when it comes to all of my sports teams. But now that we've done it twice and I think Kirby Smart is the best coach going right now, I think the culture at the school is like, listen, we either win or we're, we're going home. Yeah, I think it's going to be a while. Now, I would like to say last night, David Pollock sitting right next to Nick Saban. Oh, God, it was so good. (laughs) He was sitting right next to Nick Saban, and he said, Georgia has arrived. They're the new team. And Nick Saban, I was expecting, like, the Curb Your Enthusiasm music to come on. And as soon as I saw that, I was just like, oh, no, y'all have pissed Thanos off. This is not going to be good. (laughs) Well, and he does, like, he does a great job of hiding it in that moment. Uh But you couldn't tell. That he does this little like his he has like a twitch like he yeah. like he like it's like he twitches down to his left and kind of like looks down at his hands and then he comes right back and he's like okay I'm a professional I'm on TV yep. but you can tell there was this David David Pollock's like they're the new kings of college football and he's sitting right next to the guy with six rings you're like literally has the glove on with all oh, the yeah rings. <laughs> yeah and I don't th- I mean I don't think Alabama's uh I don't think they're gone. You know what I mean? Like I, I, it, like it wouldn't surprise me if they won it next year. They've got a wonderful recruiting class, but Hey, now I think the narrative is, well, they got to get through Georgia first. Whereas it used to be, well, we got to get through Alabama first. It has changed. Well, but I think that's, I mean, unfortunately for everyone in the world, I think that's good for Nick Saban. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's going to use all of that. Like, you know, the Thanos joke is hilarious, but it's not all that untrue. Right. So it's it's pretty spot on. Um, uh, So I have I have mellowed significantly because I'm in this job for so long, uh, you know, 18, 20 years of doing this. You sort of lose the highs and the lows, especially for my alma mater, although this year was pretty special. Beating beating Alabama was a memorable moment for my wife and and for my to show my daughter that as a six year old. Uh, you don't know this, Corey, but my six year old daughter shamed me into bringing her to the Vanderbilt Tennessee game because like it, it started on television 
and we weren't planning on going and she like it, like it just melted down in a way that I'd never seen her disappointed in me before. And so I drive her, <laughs> I drive her over there. We get free tickets. We get a free parking pass. We go in and she watches Tennessee, you know, score 56 unanswered or whatever against Vanderbilt in the rain, waits the whole time and comes home. So I'm curious Trooper. of all right, the games she, to sit through. She was amazing. <laughs> Not she was a amazing. fun one. Um, but I'm curious because that I like what I have done is I've rediscovered some of that joy because I'm trying to show her like what what it looks like, maybe not to kick kegs and break feet, but like just to yeah. actually enjoy what sports brings to people, because I don't do it very often. And so I'm curious um, with your mellowing, which is very admirable and, and maturing, but soon but soon to become a person who needs to pass along this joy and this love of Georgia to the next generation. How, how are we anticipating the game plan over the next few years? Oh, I mean, I'm really excited about it. Just, I mean, having a, my niece is five years old and not that she really cares about football or anything, but she does, you know, stand there and she'll wear a Georgia shirt. And it's, and it is exciting to be like, wow, like when they're my age, what's, what are the dogs going to look like? And we get to have this shared experience. And I'm really excited about that with my kid for sure, because something, uh, I'm I'm like you in the sense, well, I mean, I haven't been in this business for 20 something years, but I've been a huge fan and I kind of lost my swagger for football a little bit when we started touring really heavy for like seven years because there was just, I couldn't watch all the games. Like I was, I was going on stage. So I lost a lot of that. We're, we're, cause part of it really is hanging out with your friends, making Buffalo chicken dip, you know, getting drunk. And I lost all that. It was like, I was catching the game on the plane, you know, yeah. but I've been home a lot more lately in this football season. I've been able to reconnect with a lot of my friends who if we weren't talking about football, it might go a, another way, you know, I'll, I'll that's all I'll say. Not about with that. you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like during football, it's, the, it's such a great equalizer. If, especially if you're on the same team, but, but even if you're opposing teams, because you can take all that stuff that you really want to say on another subject, but just sort of like concentrate it into your team sucks and you can get all that out and then hug at the end. And I, I am one of those people that really believes in the virtue of sports. And, and people, you see the people on Twitter, they're like, oh, do you like the sports ball? Oh, sports ball, blah, blah, blah. And those people <laughs> are worthless nerds that don't deserve the oxygen the trees give us. Because, Damn. because football is about coming together. It's about having a shared interest. It brings joy. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I'm so excited to see my son uh, grow up in that environment. Now, if my, I'm, I'm going to be a good person about it. If for some reason my son grows up and goes, daddy, I, I don't, I don't really like the bulldogs. I would rather my, this girl that I like is a Tennessee fan. So I'm going to be a Tennessee fan. Guess what? I'll buy him a Peyton Manning Jersey. That's cool too, because I'm going to make my son, I'm going to take a little middle ground between kicking the keg you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and not caring and go, look, you need to be a healthy, you do not need to put all of your personality into this. So if you want to be a Tennessee fan, that's cool. Um, you it will break my now. heart. You say yeah. that now. <laughs> well, my, you know, my family, uh, I don't know if I told you this the last time on the podcast, my, my dad grew up and his papal, they were all Tennessee fans yeah. and they stopped being it after Johnny majors got screwed. So like when I was, you know, a very tiny young kid, I guess I would have been a Tennessee fan. So we're a, we're a family of blood traders. It, it's, <laughs> I can see the tradition continuing. And it, lucky for you. Do you feel blessed that 
Herschel Walker has now combined your two favorite things in the world, <laughs> politics and Georgia football. It's not been fun. It's <laughs> it's really not been fun. I've got a really, really super sweet Herschel Walker jersey that's just kind of there now. So, yeah, it's it's not been fun. But, Brett, you know, Brett, I can separate the art from the artist. Me Brett, too. Brett, Hersh- Brett, Brett Favre is mine. Yep, me. I've Brett, got I've got three Brett, Brett Favre jerseys. Brett Favre is mine, like my favorite player ever growing up. Pretty shitty person. Pretty shitty guy. Yeah, yeah me Herschel too. Herschel Walker's like why I wanted to do. You gotta. I'll give him some credit. It's like why I wanted to do documentary style work, seeing all the documentary stuff about Herschel Walker and all the stuff that he did. But we can. It can be both. It can I, be both. Of course, it can yes, be both. He was yes. still the greatest college football player of that era. Like you can't yep. like, like you can't take OJ's touchdowns away from him either. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you even want yeah. to? I, I do think it just to wrap up like the, the kid generational kind of mellowing out thing. Like I, I have found like, I celebrate first downs more this yep. year, like the littlest tiny things just to be like, to show her. And, and frankly, my youngest daughter too, like I'll get my little daughter to like do first down dances. I'm like, Oh, they got to cross the yellow line. That, that's when we celebrate and you're teaching the game. And I, I agree, even playing the game to fundamentally is about teamwork, sacrifice, discipline. Uh, you know, it's about all these things that like at their core are incredibly good for young people to learn. So like maybe not the concussions, but like whatever, like all the other stuff is pretty awesome for young people to learn. So, you know what I'm excited about that my son will never live in a world without is the Skycast because the Skycast, <laughs> I, I think I've got a buddy who. He played football with us in high school, but basically just to play. He didn't really care about it that much. And so we've he's always been a Georgia fan, but not really. He's like, whatever, you know, whatever. But then we started watching the Skycast together, you know, the Madden view. And all of a sudden it cha- he goes, Oh my God. He's like, I can actually see the plays developing and I can and he's learned more about football and has become a bigger fan. And it is more exciting when you're sitting there watching you they hand off to the running back and you go, Holy crap, he's got a hole. Oh my God, he's got a hole. And so, like, sorry, my sister's calling me, and I don't know why it's showing up on my computer. So celebrating, you're celebrating two rings. It's okay. I kind of want you to answer it. <laughs> it was a FaceTime. I don't know if it would have worked. <laughs> well, um, all right. So, let, let, first of all, tell everybody what you got coming up. I know you got shows in, in Kentucky coming up. You got I do uh, putting on airs. At least that's what it says on your on your website. So, oh yeah, <laughs> um, uh, you, you got putting on airs podcast. You got all the other stuff you're doing. So, tell everybody what you're doing. And then, lastly, uh, just because we had a couple minutes here, I, like. What if you're at that football party with the guys who maybe don't agree with you? What character does Corey go into to best get a point across about something maybe that's not related to football? Well, I have learned uh, that there's some battles you literally can't win. So I'll just hush. But I would say that the buttercream dream is pretty true to life. You know, that's sort of uh, he is a fictional character. But at the same time, he's really just me turned up to 11 or 12 and uh, and I'm really good at cutting promos. And I think that's why a lot of my friends don't argue with me most of the time, because <laughs> I could be wrong about something, but say it with such gusto and the confidence of a Kennedy uh, that everybody will go, well, I ain't got nothing for that, you know. So but I <laughs> but I try I try to just let all the little things go now. Of course, we know there's some big things that you can't ignore and I won't ignore. But uh, during yeah. football. I will take tip my hat off to uh, all of my friends who are otherwise loudmouths on Facebook. It really don't get brought up. We're yeah. all there for the Rotel. We're all there for the brownies. We're all there for the booze and the football. You know what I mean? 
Uh, so that's that's how I handle that. But hey, yeah. speaking yeah. of plugs, here's what I'm doing uh, that I'm digging the most right now. We have Putting On Airs, which is my podcast with Trey Crowder, where two hillbillies, me and Trey, talk about fancy things. Uh, Royals, for instance, we do a little history lesson on like Europe and British aristocracy and whatnot. We talk about caviar. It's a great time. Uh, but the thing that I'm, I'm really digging the most right now is uh, I've got a, a, a subscription uh, service over at parttimefunnyman.com where I put out bonus podcasts. I write essays. Um, I write poetry. I do uh, bonus videos and stuff for all my subscribers at parttimefunnyman.com. It's $5 a month. But if you can't afford it and you'd like it anyways, just email buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I'll comp you a subscription. No questions asked, baby. That's real good business model there, buddy. It um, works. <laughs> I, it, it, no, I, actually, it's it's pretty awesome. And of course, check out J.E. Dunn. J.E. Dunn.com is the website. Over 200 jobs available right now all across offices in the Southeast. $5 billion in annual revenue. Top 100 healthiest place to work. And if you want to care about your, if you want somebody to care about your career as much as you care about your career, it's not that complicated. Just build, I just build a culture there. It's what happens when you win championships in, in football. It's the same exact thing. So Je Dunn's been doing it for for a long, long time. So check him out, jeDunn.com. Aaron, where can people find you? The Aaron Dugan on Twitter and Aaron underscore Dugan on Instagram. Constantly influencing Jesus people. Corey, Corey, thank Corey, thank you so much for giving us some time. Congratulations to the dogs. We do appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with lots of stuff. Looking forward to the offseason. For Aaron, I'm Braden. Uh, again, thank you, Corey, for, for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Anytime. Y'all know I'll come anytime. Thanks Bye, for hanging Corey. out with us. Thanks for Bye, hanging out, everybody. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network.